the Denver Planning Board reviews and makes recommendations to the mayor and Denver City Council on rezoning requests, district design standards, and other land use rules. This meeting of the Denver Planning Board begins now. Uh, Happy New Year. I'd like to call to order the January 3rd, 2024 meeting of the Denver Planning Board, and I will start with a roll call. Um, we have seven members present, and we have a quorum. Uh, Sarah Course? Here. Jordan Block? Here. Mary Coddington? Here. Claude Harton? Here. Heidi Majerik? Here. Goja Kong? Here. And Fred Blick? Here. And I'm Caitlin Quander, and I'm also here. <coughs> Um, planning board reserves time at the beginning of every meeting for general public comment on any item that does not have a hearing or item on the regular agenda. And this is time for our, to let us know um, something you think planning board should know, but planning board will not be responding or entering into a dialogue about it because it is not on the publicly noted agenda. If you are here to give comment on something um, you would like planning board to know about that is not otherwise on the agenda, please raise your hand and you will have minutes. And I don't, we don't have anyone here in person. Um, let me, see. Oh, there he is. Oh, great. I didn't see you. Wonderful. Um, that will move on to our meeting record. Um, oh, and just for the record, he um, is also joined. Um, so we have two meeting records for approval today, December 6th and December 20th from 2023. Um, those were circulated earlier and I will take a motion for the meeting records for December 6th. I move to <clears throat> approve the meeting record for December 6th, 2023. Is there a second? Great, thank you. Um, and I'll call off the members that were present. Uh, Goja? Aye. Claude? Uh, Heidi? Aye. On Wait, I'm also here. Um, Mary? Aye. And Melissa? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Thank you. The meeting record for Wednesday, December 6th is approved. Second item is the meeting records for Wednesday, December 20th, 23. Is there a motion for those approvals? I move to approve the meeting record for December 20th, 2023. Second. Thank you. There's a motion and a second. Uh, and I will call the vote. Fred? Aye. Goja? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Mary? Aye. Jordan? Aye. Sarah? Aye. And I vote I as well. Thank you very much. Um, with that, I will call um, to see if there's any disclosures or recusals for today's meeting. Uh, do any planning board members have any items for disclosure or recusal on today's agenda? Okay, seeing none, we will move on to our agenda. Uh, the board may want to consider waiving the staff presentation for case numbers, and these are application 2023I00137, rezoning 2360 North Cherry Street, from USUC to USUC1, um, and also application 2023I00188, rezoning 653 North Marion, from USUC to USUC1. Um, before we consider that, um, I did want to ask if there's anyone here from the public who would like to speak to any of those items. And it does look like we have um, someone on, one person online, a Rodney B, to speak to the first item on Cherry. And then we have three people signed up online, one being the applicant um, to speak to the second item, just for the board to know. So um, there are some public members. Um, 
Staff has highlighted that those two cases are clearly consistent with rezoning criteria and have not generated significant controversy. Uh, would any member of the board object to waiving the staff presentation for these items? I do actually think given the amount of public comment received on the second item, 653, that we ought to receive a, at least an abbreviated staff presentation. Great, and I agree as well, Brad. I was gonna make that motion or request if, if you didn't. So thank you very much. Um, so with that, I'll request a motion and a second to waive the staff presentation for item number four on the agenda, which is uh, the rezoning at 2360 North Cherry Street. I move to waive the staff presentation for agenda item number four. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Fred. Um, and just for the public, we are still going to be having a public hearing for public testimony, just not the present staff presentation on that one. Um, so with that, uh, we will go ahead and open the hearing for official map amendment application 2023-I-00137. Caitlin, do we need to vote on that motion? Oh, geez, sorry. Thanks, Heidi. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Skip back. Uh, we had a motion and a second to waive the staff presentation on item agenda four. Um, Sarah. Aye. Jordan. Aye. Mary. Aye. Melissa. Aye. Claude. Aye. Heidi. Aye. Gosha. Aye. Fred. Aye. And I vote aye as well. I knew I wasn't going to get through that new, new, new script with something. Okay, Lynn, I, um, okay with that. Um, Caitlin. Oh, yeah. Just, just to clarify, since this is a new change for us, even if we forego the hearing, we can still take public comment? Correct. Okay. We aren't foregoing the hearing, though. We're we are not foregoing the, the hearing. We're foregoing the staff Okay. So yes. if we're going, to, we can still take comment. Got it. Yeah. So okay. I am about to open the public hearing for it, and we will take public comment from Thank that you. person. Yes. Um, so uh, with that, I will open the um, hearing for official map amendment application 2023-I-00137, rezoning 2360 North Cherry Street from USUC to USUC1. Um, we are, um, uh, because there is no staff presentation, but we will um, hear any public speakers and have those um, parties be allowed to testify. I think we have one person available online. Is there anyone here in person for that item? Item two. Okay, next one. Great. Um, so with that, Rodney B, um, if you could unmute yourself, you will have three minutes. Um, and go ahead and give your name and address, please. Rodney, go ahead and unmute if you'd like and give your name and address and you have three minutes. Rodney is not unmuting. Is there anyone else um, here to speak on um, item number four on 2360 North Cherry Street? Okay, we've lost Rodney. So we will go ahead and move on. Um, is there anyone else here to testify on that one? If not, we'll go ahead and uh, close the public hearing, or I guess I'll open it up to questions from the board first. Are there any questions on this one for staff? No? Okay, go ahead and close that public hearing. No further public comments and no questions from the board. Um, and I'll go ahead and open it for board deliberation. All right, seeing no comments, um, I will go ahead and um, there's a motion. I move to recommend that City Council approve application 2023-I-00137, rezoning 2360 North Cherry Street from USUC to USUC1, finding that the applicable review criteria have been met. Second. 
Great. Thank you. I have a motion and a second. I'll do a roll call vote. Sarah? Aye. Jordan? Aye. Mary? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Claude? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Goja? Aye. Brad? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Um, great. Thank you. We are moving on to agenda item number five. This is official map amendment application 2023I. 00188 rezoning of 653 North Marion from USUC to USUC1. Um, and we will begin with a SAP presentation from Rob. Hi. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Rob Haig. I'm a senior city planner with CPD. <clears throat> and today I will be giving a, um, a, uh, an introduction to the rezoning request at 653 North Marion Street, uh, which is from USUC to USUC1. Uh, so first we'll take a look at the request, then go over the location and context and the process and finish up with a, a quick look at the review criteria. Uh, so first this slide shows uh, an aerial view of the subject property in the surrounding area. Uh, subject property is indicated um, uh, by this red rectangle, which is on the west side of Marion Street in between 6th and 7th Avenue. Subject property currently has a single unit residence and detached garage um, and is approximately 4,690 square feet in size. Uh, the rezoning from USU to USUC1, um, uh, really what this means is it's an urban single unit zone district and the one following the, uh, uh, the C in the proposed zone district really indicates that an accessory dwelling unit would be allowed. So the rezoning allows for an accessory dwelling unit, but otherwise makes no changes to the allowed uses or building forms on this property. Um, the minimum lot size for the USUC and USUC1 zone district is 5,500 square feet. However, the Denver Zoning Code um, allows for the construction of primary dwelling units and accessory dwelling units uh, without having met this, uh, this minimum lot size. Um, next, taking a look at the location and context. Uh, subject property is located in Council District 5, and it's within the, within the Country Club Statistical Neighborhood. Uh, the zoning on the property um, is USUC. This is uh, the majority of the surrounding area to the north, east, and south is also USUC. Um, and the uh, across the alley along Downing Street, uh, between 6th and 7th, these residential properties are zoned USUB1, so ADUs would be allowed there as well. Otherwise, uh, there's a mix of uses along uh, 6th Avenue, but it's otherwise uh, residentially zoned. Uh, looking at the surrounding land uses in the area, it's predominantly single-unit residential, but there are some interspersed uh, multi-unit and two-unit residential uses, and again, with commercial and retail uh, existing along 6th Avenue. Uh, this slide shows some of the character of the surrounding area and on the subject property, uh, just really quickly, the subject property, uh, the residence there existing is shown on the top right. Uh, and the bottom uh, 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 bottom image shows the properties across the street, which are, are fairly characteristic for the residential um, character of the neighborhood. Uh, subject property is also lo located within the East 7th Avenue Historic District. Um, uh, because of this, uh, landmark preservation design guidelines will apply to any new construction on the subject property, um, and uh, the construction of an accessory dwelling unit does trigger the requirement through the LPC, which is the Landmark Preservation Commission. Um, next, taking a look at the process. Um, all informational notices uh, um, of the receipt of the rezoning uh, were sent on uh, November 16th. Um, the notice uh, of this meeting uh, was sent and posted on the subject property uh, beginning on uh, December 19th. 
Um, today is the planning board hearing following this meeting. Uh, LUTI, uh, the Land Use Transportation Infrastructure Committee meeting, is tentatively scheduled for the 16th of, uh, of January. And then the City Council public hearing, which is the final public hearing for this, uh, this item, is uh, 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 tentatively scheduled for February 20th. Um, at the point when I made this presentation uh, and, and sent it over there, we had four uh, comments that had come in. I think we've had a couple more um, uh, since this time um, uh, that have come in later this morning. Um, however, the, uh, the comments all have pretty similar themes highlighting uh, the, the individual's concerns about parking traffic impact the historic character um, and, and some other concerns as well. Uh, I believe you have that those comments have all been distributed amongst board members. Um, so just following uh, this uh, rezoning process, so following uh, the final hearing, if this rezoning were to be approved, um, there would be a permitting and development review. Uh, at this time, there would be a landmark review that would take place. Uh, this would include a staff review to ensure that it, the new accessory dwelling unit or any new addition uh, would meet the design standards and guidelines um, for the uh, for landmark preservation, um, and then following that staff review, uh, uh, this request would go forward and be uh, uh, the decision would be made by the landmark preservation commission um, prior to the issuance of a uh, certificate of appropriateness. At that time, then the uh, building would go under construction, um, and uh, inspections would take place to ensure that materials. Um, and the dimensions of the new building uh, uh, meet what was approved. Um, so now we'll take a look at the review criteria. Uh, so there are five uh, rezoning criteria used to evaluate uh, uh, rezoning requests. Um, we'll go through each one of these, uh, first of which is the consistency with adopted plans. Uh, there are two applicable uh, adopted plans for this property. Uh, both of these are citywide plans. The first is Comprehensive Plan 2040. Uh, Comprehensive Plan 2040 gives broad uh, citywide goals um, and staff finds that the proposal is consistent with, uh, with at least two of these uh, as detailed in my staff report. However, um, just to highlight um, uh, the proposal is consistent and advances the goal for, uh, for improving equity in the city by providing for a greater mix of housing, uh, housing options in this neighborhood that is largely single family residential. Um, and additionally, it provides for development um, in an area where infrastructure and services already exist. Uh, taking a look at Blueprint Denver, which is a supplement to Comprehensive Plan 2040, uh, Blueprint Denver provides more nuanced guidance uh, in, on, a, on a parcel by parcel and block by block basis. Um, and there are a few maps that we'll look at here as well as some policy guidance. The first map here is the future neighborhood context map uh, uh, shown here as U or urban. Uh, this aligns with the, the USUC1 zone district that's being requested. Um, uh, in addition to this uh, uh, future neighborhood context, the subject property is mapped as being a low residential future place type. Uh, these future place types are described as being predominantly single and two unit uses, uh, and the plan does clearly state that accessory dwelling units are appropriate in these locations. Uh, furthermore, the future street type of Marion is, uh, is identified as local. Uh, the proposal is consistent with that guidance. Um, uh, final map here, uh, proposal is in um, an area with growth area strategy, um, identified as all other areas of the city where we anticipate of seeing, uh, to see 10% of new jobs and 20% of new housing, um, adding a the potential for an additional wealth uh, does help us achieve these goals. 
Um, in addition to those maps, um, the Blueprint Denver does provide specific policy guidance for accessory dwelling units. Uh, it states that until a holistic approach is in place, individual rezonings to allow ADUs in all residential areas, um, especially where uh, proximate to transit are appropriate. Uh, therefore, staff finds that the proposal is consistent with the guidance of Blueprint Denver. Uh, <clears throat> looking at the next two criteria, uh, the proposal is found also to be uh, consistent with the uh, criteria to be uniform with district regulations. This essentially means that the USUC1 zone district here is uh, identical to other USUC1 zone districts across the city, um, and that the proposal uh, furthers public health, safety, and general welfare. Uh, primarily through the implementation of adopted plans, but also through the provision of an additional housing unit um, that uh, will be compatibly integrated into the surrounding neighborhood in an area that is proximate to amenities along 6th Avenue, as well as the parks uh, uh, nearby to the north northeast. Um, the proposal is found to be consistent with the criterion for justifying circumstance and the uh, city adopted plan um, in that blueprint Denver was adopted since the establishment of the existing zone district um, is identified this criterion is met. And finally, the proposal is found to be consistent with neighborhood contact zone district purpose and intent statements in the Denver zoning code. And therefore, CPD and staff is recommending approval based on finding that all of these review criteria have been met. Uh, that concludes staff presentation. Uh, the applicant property owner is attending virtually and answer any questions, doesn't have any uh, planned remarks, um, and I'd be happy to answer any questions as well. Great, thank you very much, Rob. Um, and that answered my question. I just wanted to ask if the applicant has a presentation or is just available for questions. Um, ben Burns, um, are you just planning on, on answering questions? <clears throat> Can you guys hear me okay? We can, yeah, hi Ben. Okay, cool, sorry, I didn't, correct? yes. Great, do you have a presentation or are you just available for questions? You certainly have the opportunity to, to speak if you'd like. I do not have a presentation and I'm happy to answer any questions that anybody has. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and open it up to other uh, public speakers. Um, so I'll call you up in order, both online and in person. Uh, speakers are limited to three minutes unless translation or other accommodations are needed. And if that is the case, please let us know. Um, speakers are given a, a 30 second warning and a signal when your three minutes has expired. Um, before we go into uh, others that I know signed up online, I did want to ask Rodney B. I know, I think you were trying to speak on the, the last application and we did open and close our hearing, but um, just so you know, I, I, I looked and we can certainly have uh, I wanted to let you know that you're, we saw you were probably the same Rodney B who provided written comments on that application. And so we did open and close the public hearing on that, but those written comments were taken into account um, in moving that motion forward. So um, unless you would like to speak on this item, um, please let us know, but otherwise that hearing has, has been closed. Rodney, do you, go, you can go ahead and try to unmute yourself if you'd like to speak on this item. Um, hi. No, I, I've been. I was having mic problems on a different computer, so I, I missed the 
I guess I missed the opportunity. I'm really sorry. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it, it happens. We all have those technical difficulties. Um, no, thank you for speaking. And um, do know that you have an opportunity at city council as well to speak um, and certainly can work with the staff person to find out the date of that meeting um, to attend and speak there. So thank you. Um, I still have, I'm sorry, do I still have an opportunity to post uh, what I wanted to say today to the comment board or something? Yeah, you can re-comment. I don't know if you heard me, but we did see, I think you're probably the same, Rod Neve, that provided written comments on that item. And we did have those as part of our consideration when we saw that matter. Um, but yes, you can uh, comment again, um, or they will be continue to be included on the city council. Okay, um, I'll, I'll repost because I have uh, more detail on this comment I wanted to speak to today. So thank you. Thank you. Um, with that, I have Victor Solzer signed up online. Um, Victor, go ahead and uh, unmute and give your name and address and you have three minutes. Victor, go ahead, you have three minutes. <clears throat> Victor, can you hear us? Go ahead. You have three minutes. Okay, gotcha. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We can. Go ahead. The unmute uh, just popped up. Well, we have two of you for some reason showing on our list. So there you go. <laughs> and and who's the other person? I'm sorry. Uh, we have two Victor Silzers. So there you go. I think oh. maybe just didn't access it. Um, so okay, I think you're right. Got it. Got it. Allowing the other one. So go ahead. Um, name, address, and you have three minutes. Sure. Victor Solzer, uh, 1201 East 7th Avenue. Thanks for your time. I oppose the application to rezone this property for an accessory dwelling unit. I am a homeowner in the 7th Avenue Historic District, which also includes the subject property. The his Historic District is a largely single-family home neighborhood with houses ranging from grand mansions to relatively modest Denver squares and lot sizes ranging from large to merely average. This neighborhood was platted beginning in the 1880s but only began to develop uh, to be developed in the early 1900s by families wanting to stay in the city, but pushed out of Capitol Hill by its increasing density and commercial commercialization at a time when Denver had no zoning laws at all. The historic Denver has remained remarkably intact, despite some unfortunate teardowns in the 1980s that led to the creation of the historic district in 1993. The neighbors, although varying and diverse demographics and age groups, have always been bound together by their common desire to maintain the historic and architectural integrity, century-old mature landscape, and uncrowded lower-density residential pattern of this historic district. Few close-in Denver neighborhoods provide this setting for a broad swath of middle-class homeowners seeking to raise families in the city and who often remain to age in place. The neighborhood is equally inviting to young and old, gay and straight, with or without families who appreciate the unique qualities of this historic district. ADUs may be appropriate in some neighborhoods, but would be fundamentally inconsistent with the characteristics of this historic district described above. Approval of the current application would set a precedent that could dramatically and permanently alter the entire historic district for worse. If you look to the north, uh, north of 8th Avenue, we see an area that is 
I think uh, uh, substantially more dense than the areas between uh, south of 8th Avenue. Um, I don't think it's appropriate for the area south of 8th Avenue to become dense as is the area north of 8th Avenue. One major concern is parking and traffic. Um, if we consider the new changes that have occurred on uh, 7th Avenue with the bike lane, there is substantially less parking available. And uh, the inclusion of ADUs in our area will reduce parking uh, availability, availability dramatically. I urge the planning board to vote against the application. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. Um, I have a William Merrickin also signed up online. Um, William, go ahead and unmute uh, name, address, and uh, you have three minutes. <clears throat> Uh, good afternoon. My name is William American. I live at 1230 East 7th Avenue. And I, I really cannot add to what Victor just stated. I, I think he did an excellent job. And that's a position I and many of our neighbors take concerning this um, application. Thank you, William. Welcome. Um, let's see. Uh, is there anyone else signed up online or in the room? Um, we didn't have anybody advanced, but if you can go ahead and raise your hand. If you'd like to speak to this item and you're online. And are you, are you here to speak to this one? Uh, no. Okay. Um, anyone else online, go ahead and raise your hand if you'd like to speak. Okay, seeing none, um, I will go ahead and move to questions uh, from our board. Uh, Fred and then Jordan. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> Rob, a couple of quick questions for you. Uh, have ADUs been built elsewhere in the city of Denver in landmark districts? In landmark districts, yes, they have. Okay, and, and what's the process for that? Uh, the process, they when they apply for permits, they first go into a demolition review if they're if it involves removing an old existing garage or something like that in this case. Um, and then during the, the review of the permit, the landmark uh, preservation planners uh, take in an application that has all the details of the building, not only dimensions, but also the materials. Uh, they complete a review against the landmark preservation guidelines. Um, and uh, once they have worked through any issues that might come up with the with the with those guidelines, then it moves forward to the landmark preservation commission. Um, and then they review the uh, the application as well to ensure that it doesn't have any detriment to the uh, the landmark district as a whole. So for ADUs like this, they they look closely to see if it how it impacts the, the view of the house, but not only the on the subject property, but the surrounding uh, surrounding residences. If it's on a corner, it needs to be set back further. Um, uh, make sure it has similar materiality. Um, make sure that it, it is clearly subordinate to the existing house uh, uh, and any number of other things. That... So, so any, any of those go through the same process that any alteration to a historic property would go through? That's correct. Great, thank you. Um, and, you know, a lot of the comments mention um, concerns about a, a decrease in property values. And I'm curious, is, is there any evidence that you, you know of either way about the, the, the impact on property values to neighboring properties of ADUs to those? Have we seen in Denver those have had a detrimental effect to property values? Or I don't know of any, and I don't know that any of that came up during the, um, the ADUs in Denver project recently looked at our building forms here. Oops. Great. Thank you. 
good segue. I was going to ask both of those questions, but I, I want to add just two more rapid fire versions of that last question that Fred asked us for the record, similar to the home value question. Have there been any studies about the impact ADUs have had in Denver as they've been built on parking and traffic? That's a good question. I don't know of any. Um, and I should note that that's not necessarily one of our uh, criteria, but I, I do, it, it is asked a lot, so uh, it might be interesting to the, and then similarly, um, one of the uh, comments online had a few, what I would describe as fairly intense concerns, one of which was uh, that ADU will increase the likelihood of sexual assault and drug trafficking. Is there any studies to indicate that that might be a concern? We have no evidence that would support that. Thank you. Other questions? Um, so thank you for asking the question about the historic district and, and the process of if the rezoning were to occur, what the, what the next step would be um, with Landmark Preservation Commission. Because I do think when we are looking at ADUs in historic districts, being really thoughtful about the integrity of those districts is important. Um, but I think that as, as you kind of went through and Fred did, that, that Landmark Preservation Commission is really tasked with that, that scope. Um, and so I guess just a question of, of kind of when they look at it, do you know anything about the design guidelines there where kind of specific to ADUs? Because I think you touched on some of the components which are really helpful um, that they would be taking into account. And that would be a public hearing as well, right? Yes, it is. Is there anything else that they look at in the design guidelines specific to ADUs? Um, no, beyond kind of what I said in my, my response to Fred, I think that's, I think that's most I could answer too confidently from when I was looking at them and kind of refreshing myself on, on what things they, they do look at. I know it's very intensive, especially for something like this where they're dem demolishing an existing structure. Because um, is that the intent to take down a garage and replace? That's that's what the application okay. stated. All right. So what whatever might occur sure. is normally the case. Um, my other question was on the lot. <coughs> yes. So this lot is 4,690 square feet. But the rezoning is to the USU C1, which is for 5,500 minimum lot size. And I get that there's a, that's kind of consistent with the street, but and maybe you could pull back up the map that ha showed kind of surrounding zoning. But I think like on the alley it shares, on the other side is B1, and, and that is 4,500 as a minimum. And so I guess just a question, and maybe this is to the applicant, um, is you know why wouldn't you kind of take the opportunity in a rezoning to make the zoning more consistent with the lot size so that it's no longer a non-conforming lot? And I'm curious kind of what implications that has for uh, kind of going forward for this lot. Yeah, thanks for pulling up the of course map. I think um, I think I can answer. Okay, um, this thanks. Question. Yeah, and, the USUB one kind of right across the alley. And this is a great question, and it's something that our our department looked at closely when we were going through the ADUs in Denver pro uh, project and whether or not we should set different standards for, you know, all the USUC1, USUB1, and then based on the different lot sizes and lot widths and things like that. But, but ultimately, the, the strategy that, that we moved forward with and was approved was that regardless of the minimum lot size dictated by the zone district, whether it's C1 or B1, the lot width and the lot size dictate the maximum size of the ADU, the maximum setbacks, mm -hmm. and so forth. So 
from our perspective, whether it's B1 or C1, since it doesn't change the design standards or the form standards of the, of the ultimately constructed building, um, it, either B1 or C1 would be supportable. So I want to just extrapolate because that was yes. really helpful for me. So because this lot is less wide and is smaller, that would probably result in a smaller ADU being possible because you're looking at the setbacks from whatever that width of that lot is. Is that potentially? Um, I, th I think that the the lot size has more. Um, there's like the maximum square footage that's allowed of the interior yeah. dwelling. I think that's where the lot size has more. Um, I think actually that the setback is is smaller on a narrower zone lot um, uh, to allow for the ease of construction. Um, uh, however, that setback is, you know, larger in some cases than a garage or other accessory structures. Um, but anyway, I, I think that I think the main point that, that I think staff wants to would want to make is that whether it's USUC1 or USUB1, the standards and requirements for that ADU would, would be the same. Other questions? Hi. Hey, Rob, I have a question for you. Um, in your work in ADUs in Denver, do you know if there's historic precedent for ADUs in the city? Um, and do you know if any have been built in this neighborhood? Um, you mean like as if they historically they used to be allowed? Historically, did they used to be allowed? I know in certain parts of this neighborhood, particularly um, where you see smaller lot sizes on this map, even up until 2010, duplexes were allowed even in areas were zoned R2. Um, and then over certain lot sizes, you could build just a number of dwelling units based on um, based on the, the size of the lot. So, uh, but as far as existing ADUs, I don't think I can answer that accurately outside of maybe what this map shows here. Yeah, sorry to put you on the on no, the spot. Okay. I, I don't expect you to know every neighborhood that yeah. has ADUs, <laughs> but I was trying to get at this is a building form that our city historically had allowed. That's true. Um, yes. And that in recent zoning times is when that use was um, not allowed in our city and what causes our citizens to have to come and make this to request to be able to build in the way that historically our city had allowed our citizens to build. Yes, so. across Denver, we, we do see buildings that at the original time of construction did have accessory dwelling units or, or something that we would call that. Thank you. What's that? that question um and then i just had one other quick one um so you mentioned that the proposal is to remove the detached garage and put an adu is there a world where you could have both a detached garage and an adu on that lot at the same time extremely unlikely just based on the width of the lot and meeting space requirements and setbacks so there's still just going to be two structures on the lot unless they were both really tiny. I can't say for certain, <laughs> right, of course, but, okay. but I would, just because of the width of the lot, it, it would be almost impossible to build a structure wide enough to park a car in and still meet setbacks and building separations and so forth. Any other questions for the board? All right, with that, I will go ahead and close the public hearing. Oh, sorry, Brad. No, go ahead. Oh, you had a motion, okay. I'll go ahead and close the public hearing. Um, so board deliberation is now open and for just members of the public, the public does not participate in board deliberation. This is the time the board considers whether the application meets the criteria that Rob went through during his presentation. Um, Fred, go ahead. Thanks. I, I wanna first note, um, you know, we, we this discussion about privacy 
uh, you know, I, let me start by saying, I, I firmly believe that this meets the criteria. Um, I don't think there's any question. I think the plan guidance is very clear. Uh, I think it, the, pre the presentation from staff is quite clear and quite convincing that this meets the criteria. But I think given the number of comments we've received, I think it's important to acknowledge and, and to a certain extent address some of those, those comments. One specific comment that's arisen that I, I do want to raise, and, and this was obviously subject to some questions, you know, some of the comments we, we see somebody referring to privacy and the impact on, on privacy in their backyards and such. And I want to note that if you take a, a stroll down the alleyway um, in person or on, on Google Earth, that there are quite a number of two-story structures along that alley. Some of them are, are two-story houses with balconies to the rear, which presumably overlook not only that house's backyard, but neighboring backyards. I want to note that just a few houses up appear to be what look like ADUs over garages, um, at least two of them. And I don't know when they were built. They look occupied. One's got an air conditioner in Google Earth. Um, so it, it's not... it. it it's not as though this form is something that's new. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the comments that we've received, um, because I find some of them quite concerning. Uh, as mentioned earlier, we had a comment very specifically that, uh, that ADUs would increase the likelihood of sexual predators and drug trafficking. Uh, and that it's specifically associated with these quote unquote single unit residences. Um, number of comments about how this will negatively impact the, the historic character or the character of the neighborhood. Um, the neighborhood is overwhelmingly single family owner occupied with a stable family oriented character be detrimental to the historic character of the neighborhood and negatively impact the quality of life of the existing residents if this were allowed. Um, the original zoning for this area is both a mix of small and large houses and is a neighborhood for families with children. The ADUs allowed will not to mention an increase in an already growing problem with crime. Uh, erode the quality of life for residents. <clears throat> Preserve single-family and owner-occupied residences. Um, and I, I find it disturbing, and I think it's important that, that one understands a little bit of the history of zoning and where that came from. Um, there was actually, as it happens, a, a very well-written, very well-researched article in Colorado Lawyer in December about exclusionary zoning that gives a good history and is available easily online. And it, it talks about how zoning in the US came to be after a 1917 ruling by the Supreme Court that struck down a city ordinance in Louisville, Kentucky, which prohibited the sale of real property to black people in white majority neighborhoods or buildings and vice versa. And it was struck down, but the right and I'm quoting from this article, and it's, it's a nice article by Amy Bremont, who's a land use attorney here in Denver. 
The right to own property without regard to race articulated in Buchanan was never fully realized because subsequent federal and local exclusionary zoning measures were upheld and fostered economic and racial segregation. She goes on to quote from the opinion, but also quote scholars who quote the opinion. Um, scholars have suggested that the court's language throughout the opinion that upheld zoning in America, that's the Euclid case that kind of said it's okay for us to zone property. Um, the court suggested that apartments are, quote, mere parasites, that one apartment brings others, and that apartments detract from the safety of single-family home areas until, quote, the residential character of the neighborhood and its desirability as a place of detached residences are utterly destroyed. It conveyed an underlying attitude of excluding poor people and people of color from suburban life. And I don't want to suggest that anybody who's commented here is a racist, but there is language in these that is clearly classist, that clearly says that renters do crime and renters are sexual predators. And I find it very disturbing. It is exclusionary and I think it important that commenters understand the roots of the language they use and how that can be heard and understood by people who have been for the last couple hundred years excluded legally and illegally in this country. Thank you. Any other discussion? Um, yes, I apologize for being late. I will abstain from voting because I didn't hear the full presentation, but um, if I'm not out of order, just wanted to uh, number one, say thank you, Fred. I thought many of the same things. Um, and even um, the positions that I read, I, again, I did not hear the whole presentation, but um, that density is is not called for in some neighborhoods. And um, I, I think that, you know, Blueprint Ever is very clear that ADUs should be allowed in every neighborhood. And so, um, I didn't um, quite understand some of the arguments, although um, I think I understood them, but um, even if you don't use words like race and, and class, uh, those were the positions that I heard loud and clear. So I appreciate you um, highlighting that. And so just wanted to share that for the record, but I will abstain from voting. Thanks, John. Heidi. Thank you. I also want to thank Fred um, for those comments, and I, I share that view um, and welcome community comment and and hope that um, we can work as a, a community together that we come forward with comments that are not exclusionary. Um, and also to note that I have been a renter in my life. I am not a drug trafficker. I'm not a sexual predator. I also have an ADU over my garage and my renters have never been sexual predators or drug traffickers. They have added to the value of my community. They've been embraced by my neighbors um, and I'm grateful for what they bring to my life. Um, I'd also like to just take a moment for those who made public comment to understand that we are beholden to plan guidance and our criteria when we review a rezoning case. 
And so, um, as as Jordan had said, traffic is not a criteria upon which we make we make decisions. I do have empathy um, for those kind of impacts, to folks. But just a reminder that um, on street parking is public parking. That is not anybody that anything that any person has a right to. It is a shared resource within the city, and the city is not required to provide that um, to its residents. Um, and then. When we go back to that plan guidance, we're talking about the comp plan, blueprint Denver, and then area neighborhood plans. All of those documents that guide our decisions as planning board members have gone through a thorough community process where they are guided by the community and they are documents by which the community says, this is what we want of our city. And our blueprint Denver says that we should have ADUs in all neighborhoods. So to the commander who said that ADUs are appropriate in some neighborhoods, but not this one, I say, sorry, your neighbors disagree. Blueprint Denver, which is direction by your neighbor, says they should be. And as we discussed earlier, historically, they were allowed. Unfortunately, our Euclidean zoning is what eliminated them from, from our city. And I am hopeful as a planning board member with this new city council that we will take action to rezone the entire city to allow ADUs so that our citizens don't have to spend their money to come and bring these cases before us. I do find that this is meeting the criteria and I will be wholeheartedly supporting this rezoning. Thank you. What's up? And then Claude? Um, yeah, agree. I think it meets the criteria. Appreciate what everyone has said already. Uh, we'll throw out that um, having been on the other side of ADU rezonings, this is unfortunately something that I have heard a lot of in terms of comments. And as someone who works specifically at an organization that represents tenants and renters, it is always very unfortunate that we are still living in a world where there's somehow a perceived character difference between renters and homeowners. Um, and obviously that is not a criteria uh, by which we make decisions um, and won't be here. Um, traffic is a issue citywide. Density is an issue citywide. This is literally the gentlest possible density. Um, and so I think we've already talked about a lot as a group here, the fact that ADUs is literally the most gentle, easy, low hanging fruit density that we can have and should be allowed citywide. That is not new and that applies to single family neighborhoods, uh, sort of regardless of whether or not they are historical, especially if they need additional review. So I will be voting yes, it meets the criteria, it makes sense for every conversation we've ever had. So. Uh, yes, yeah, so definitely second everyone's thought um, and what they're saying and reinforcing uh, what Heidi was saying about all blueprint and comments of 2040, that these are items that we voted on as a community including this community right here. And just as a, just as a comment, uh, it seems like there, a lot of people are taking the idea of historic district, which is more about the building and the structure itself as a tool to now be an exclusionary item. And that's the part where I'm kind of seeing where you're, the item of the historic district is meant for the building and the character of the um, property, but not as a way of excluding and going against the laws that we have in this uh, community and within the state and with 
information. So that's the only items I wanted to add to that. Yeah. Um, so I agree with everything that everyone has said. Um, I'd like to point out the, the concern of parking. Um, just a reminder that the public right-of-way is a public right-of-way, so it's public parking, and that most of the houses in the neighborhood do have alleys and access to the rear and to park back there to also use their garages. Um, so I do think this meets a criteria, provides diversity of housing, and you know, among many other things. Another thing that I really want to point out for some of the commenters is that with this fear of the historic character being ruined, um, I think this there's a lot of design standards and standards for the building form that will ensure the historic character will remain. So as a reminder, it still will have to meet all of the single unit zoning requirements, just like every other house that's there. And then on top of that, it also has to meet the historic district design standards, which there are some great standards and that even requires that additional review and requirements on top of that. So I think there's a great possibility any new development would meet um, the historic character of that as well. Any other comments? Um, I, I, that, that last piece, Sarah, is what I was going to touch on. Uh, I mean, I I agree with the comments from this board that the criteria um, are met, consistency with adopted plans, uniformity of district regulations, public health, safety, general welfare, justified circumstances. Um, I, I would say within our adopted plans, they do call out a role for historic preservation, right? I mean, Blueprint by Denver says design quality and historic preservation address the enhancement of neighborhood character through all stages of development and reinvestment. But I think Sarah touched on where, where my mind then goes, and, and I think especially for um, the testimony that we heard today in particular, where where you know there there is a, a need to preserve that historic integrity. I think we as a city and Rob kind of got to do a lot of that with the ADU form standard process that you all went through has done a lot of work around what the form standards are for ADUs and then landmark preservation has done a lot of work around the 7th Avenue design guidelines. And so there is a very robust process to make sure that the ADU will still meet that historic integrity and meet that neighborhood character um, in a way that allows for that, that gentle density that Blueprint calls for, but also that preservation of um, of that character. Um, so I think that those two things can happen at the same time. And I would encourage um, those that spoke today or submitted public comments. Um, there is a city council hearing, but there would also be a landmark preservation uh, commission hearing. And I think I encourage the applicant who I know was on to work with your neighbors and for the neighbors to work with the applicant around what that design looks like to make sure that when, as it comes before landmark, it really is consistent um, with that design. So with that, unless there's other comments, um, we will go ahead and do a roll call vote. Oh, Jordan, go ahead. I'll give a motion. We'll give a motion. Great. <laughs> uh, I move to recommend that City Council approve application number 2023I-00188, rezoning 653 North Marion from USUC to USUC1, finding that the applicable review criteria have been met. Second. Great. There's a motion and a second. I'll do a roll call vote. Sarah? Aye. Jordan? Aye. Angel? Epstein. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, Mary? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Claude? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Boja? Aye. Fred? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Thank you very much. Um, that concludes our agenda. Uh, we do have uh, planning um, and development and chair time. Um, Jordan actually raised, I'll turn it to you first, and then Jordan raised a question as we were walking in. I thought, good question. So um, do you have anything? No announcements this week. 
Okay, great. Um, Jordan was just sort of asking, I know that web is going through a lot of improvements right now. Yep. And we just were curious if there's like, is this room staying? Or are we gonna need to be moving yeah. at this point? <laughs> well, really great, really great question. It's probably pretty obvious that things are uh, kind of torn up out in the building right now. Uh, so uh, you can rest assured that we and, and the staff that uh, works with the Landmark Preservation Commission that also uses this room have been, <clears throat> excuse me, working very closely 